Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. Military families are not like your traditional family. They are strong, brave, resilient, and some of the most incredible people I know. My name is Gracie, a U.S. Army brat, and I am your host. I am honored to be able to give military family members like myself a place for them to share their stories and experiences in the military life. Stay tuned for this week's guest. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Grace of a Military Child in Life. Today, I'm here with Nazare. So, Nazare, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm very well. Um, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to kind of share my experience, honestly. Yeah. So, you know, kind of just tell me what your experience was like. Give us an overview. So... I feel like being a military child, it like carries out through your entire lifetime because it's a lifestyle that you can't ever let go of because you're born into it and it's just how you live. But technically speaking, like my military child lifetime, um, it was pretty short in a sense. I'm still living it. But from what I remember, like the active like military base, um, living on base and going to school on base and having all of the friends that had their dads deployed and all of that great stuff. Um, that ended for me when I was six years old. Um, my dad was killed in action in Afghanistan in 2006. So that military identity was kind of like fighting it. Yeah. For uh, fighting for it for a few years, um, just because once that happens, it's like an abrupt change and you are kind of like pushed to the side in a sense. Like they make you move off base. Right. I had to switch schools and it was a little tough. Um, and understanding what that identity meant for me, it was difficult as a little kid, you know, being six years old, it was. It was like, why am I not with my friends? Like, where are their dads? Like, what's going on? Right. But um, it was a rewarding experience. It is a rewarding experience. Um, understanding the hard work that our parents go through on a day-to-day basis to serve our country. It's the biggest honor to be a child of a soldier. Like, it's just an overwhelming field of like joy and chaos at the same time (laughs) because you just you never know what's happening truly you can get as much information from your parents as you want but there's always some sugar coating to it because they don't want to scare you or overwhelm you and you're really navigating it on your own and your own mental pathways and it's a lot it's a lot and we're put in this position at a young age and we're just forced to navigate through it there's no option so yeah it's it's different yeah Yeah. for real and I mean I cannot imagine you know what you went through especially at such a young age you know having kind of your first introduction because that that's the age where you start to remember things and you start to understand and comprehend and, you know, finally getting used to that, finally having, you know, because it, it's about kindergarten, first grade age, you know, finally going to school, meeting other military kids, you know, in an environment that I guess you could call yours where it's just you and then that being ripped away from you. And that's very challenging. Yeah, it definitely was challenging. And there were just a lot of obstacles to face because 
even though you are switched off base, you go to school there and there's still the kids that were living off base with their parents being in the military. So those daddy daughter lunches and your parents a school day, like you see them in uniform and you're just like, what's going on? Like, where's my dad? What's happening? And you're like faced with the harsh reality of he's not on deployment and he's not coming back. And I dabbled in that like huge dilemma for years, probably till I was about 10. Like maybe he's just on deployment, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Trying to cover that up, trick trick yourself. Yeah. Really kind of like transform what my mind was thinking about death and just be like, okay, he's gone. Like, I know what this is like. He'll be back. But as time goes on, you kind of have to remember that the people around you that have their parents, it's a blessing. The time that you had with your parent is a blessing and you keep pushing forward and essentially pretending like they're there living for that person and then just honoring their existence as much as you can. Yeah. I can imagine, you know, because even with my dad's injuries, um, you know, I'm thankful he's still here, but that's still, you know, a constant in itself of like, why did this happen? You know, why, why did it happen? Why does it have to happen? You know, why does this, you know, why is this the reality that we're living in? And so I can't imagine having, you know, a parent not there and have to, to navigate that, you know, mentally, it's sounds unreal. Yeah. And there have been instances too, where my mom and I had talked about like, what if he came home? Yeah. And I know that even is like such a psychological, like challenging function in your brain. Like, okay, my, my dad, like he's, he's obviously not the same. Right. Got to navigate this new life as peacefully and um, just as calmly as possible. Cause that's a lot on children and the, and the parent that's going through and the parent that has to support the parent that went through this life-changing life-altering like occurrence like you just it's a whole family affair at that point where yeah you gotta really become a team and look at the future that's ahead so that's a lot and my mom and I talked about what it might have been like and it's just like a lot of what ifs create a lot of clouds that just they're either super bright or super negative, but they all end up like unreal. You just can't. Yeah. I always like to say that everything happens for a reason. Like, you know, whether mm-hmm. it be something as catastrophic and traumatic as, you know, what we went through with my dad's injuries or something as simple as, you know, missing a stoplight. You know? <laughs> so like everything happens for a reason no matter how big or little it is. And it's really hard to look back on some things and say, well, what if it did happen this way? You know, what if my dad did come home? Um, But like you said, then you still deal with, you know, other, I guess, consequences of anyone who deploys, like obviously comes back, not the same. Like PTSD, most of the time, there's some sort of traumatic brain injury that goes with it. And honestly like you guys at back home change too because you get into a new rhythm a new routine of 
you know, being by yourselves and as your family unit without your parent there? Yeah. Overall, it's it's tough being a military child, man. It is. (laughs) One of those those lifestyles that not everyone can live. Um, Yeah. That's why the events that we go to, you know, like Spook Suck, where we are valued in a different manner because of the perseverance and the complete and utter, like, just wants to succeed because we've already seen the worst of the worst at some points, mentally, physically, emotionally. And there is nothing we can't do when already went through so much as a young kid now that you're an adult like you carry that on with you and it's not something that just goes away that's why this lifestyle is forever lived I will claim I'm a military child till the day I die (laughs) yes no I love that because some people you know you get the people who are so proud of that uh you know and wear kind of like a badge of honor like I am a military child like that is who I am Um, one of my friends says it's part of her identity. Like it is like a describing factor of her that she is a military child. Um, and then you have the people on the flip side of it who are like, I don't want to be associated with it. Like that was such a challenging part of my life, whether, you know, you had the traumatic situations that we've been through or not. Like some people just don't want to be associated with the lifestyle because, of what they've been through. And it's looking at it, it's hard for me to see that because, you know, we understand how rewarding the lifestyle is. We understand how life-changing and impactful it is. And like you mentioned, the events that we get to go to, yes, we experience traumatic situations, but, you know, there are people out there who want to support us, who want, you know, to support our our education, support our careers, support us because of our parents' sacrifices. Yeah. And it's definitely a beautiful um, thing to know that there are people that from the outside looking in, see these sacrifices we've all made as a family, because it really is a unified experience. We're all going through it, even though they are physically there. We're at home trying to hold down the floor and make sure the other parent is at least somewhat at ease, even though they're in constant like worry of their partner like, it's just a yeah. lot it is a lot. yeah we could because- all about our experience in <laughs> exactly you go through so many different things and that's why so many people try to categorize the military life of you know this is what you go through you go through a pcs you go through deployments you go through mood you know everything they try to say like this is this is what you go through, but it's not the same. Everyone goes through different, different changes of life and seasons of life that you can't necessarily categorize or say, you know, this is the life of a military child. Everyone's life is so different, no matter what you go through. Yeah. And I'm definitely honored to live the journey that I have, even though a lot of it has been the most difficult portions of my life, but it definitely has shaped me into a very loving, nurturing woman. And that's just like the family aspect of things. Now the work ethic brings it 10 times higher because you just, you know, 
you see what your parents did. It's like, okay, if they can do that, I can probably do 10 times more. Like, exactly. I can, they created me. Like, you know, both parents <laughs> go through all of this. We can handle 10 times more. That's how I see it. And I'm so thankful that I'm able to have that outlook because like you said, that other side, it gets heavy. Um, I remember when my dad did pass, like my mom's friends, like her previous friends, they didn't want anything to do with her. They were like, we can't be associated with you. Wow. We can't. Like, we don't want to think of our husbands, like being how your husband is, like he's gone, like we can't do it. And it's sad. That's a whole identity crisis right there where what all you knew before is just being pulled away from you. And you got to just make make what you can the best that you can, you know? Yeah. You can't just, you know, it's traumatic and it's hard to go through for, you know, the loss of a loved one, but you can't necessarily just stop there. You have to keep going. You have to keep pushing forward. There's still life to live, you know, especially for the, the parent, like you have kids to raise, you know, at least in, in certain circumstances, you do have kids to raise and you have, a career or you have, you know, there's something out there that obviously keeps you going and it's hard to find that. And it's hard to, to just keep pushing on. And it's hard when you have people on the outside who, you know, like you just said, don't want to be associated with you because of what you've been through. Yeah. And I unfortunately had to experience the loss of my mom as well. So I don't like saying loss because I feel like I've like I we never have lost touch with each other. Yeah, she's always here. She's always present. Um, but experiencing her passing and having to raise my three younger siblings, I understand that it's it's hard. It is so hard to grieve, take care of a child, take care of yourself, and then your responsibilities. So seeing and living what my mom had to go through like i feel terrible about it and even your mother like having to like put her life to the side and not even just that aspect but like caring and nurturing you guys while worrying for her husband and caring for him and taking care of him and trying to get the whole household together that is a huge 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 challenge that people just think like oh like it's fine it, right. it'll get better with time honey it doesn't <laughs> you just have to keep going yeah we don't get this time back either so I commend your mom I commend my mother I commend all of the wives the children just for continuing to keep going because yeah it gets better with time but the obstacles that you're leaping over in that time that you're not getting back my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, different. And even my mom and I were talking about it the other day. Um, one night she was just thinking. And when my dad was deployed back in 2011, um, and he was he was injured during that deployment, but she was a full-time student in college. She right. was working, she was taking care of us, she was taking care of the house, and then like she had to put her degree on hold. She was like 30 credits away from finishing her degree and she had to like drop it because we were living in, you know, Cleveland, Ohio, and we had to go to San Antonio for his recovery. And so she had to put it on hold 
to figure out what was going on with him, figure out what was still going on with us, figure out what was going on with our house because we owned a house there, Um, you know, all the moving pieces. And she was thinking, she was like, how did I even do that? Because she's back in college now trying to finish her degree. And she's like, how did I do it back then when, you know, my husband was deployed? I was raising, you know, we were eight and nine at the time. So we were young girls. Um, We were in school. She was in school. She was working, you know, doing all of these Mm -hmm. things. And she's like, now it's like, you know, she's, she obviously realized she's older and she can't necessarily have the same capacity as what she had when she was younger. But you know, she's in school. She's has two adult children who still live at home. She has, you know, a wounded husband to take care of too. And so it's like, it never ends. Like you just have to keep pushing through, like you said. Yeah. And one thing I know your mom can agree with, agree with is that the world does not stop moving. <laughs> like <laughs> so fast button and she just, you know, you can't stop the world and just be like, please just wait a second. Let me catch up. Like you right? gotta just keep chugging. There's you have no choice. And she's a strong woman for that. Yeah. And a lot of people can fold under pressure and just drop. And she didn't do that. Yeah. Cause you know, throughout the recovery process, you see um it's heartbreaking to see so many wives and so many, you know, fiancés, girlfriends, whatever they were at the time who are, you know, exactly that fold under pressure. And they say, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, ultimately end up leaving. And it's so hard to see that it's, it's understandable because it is, you know, such a challenging lifestyle, but it's still so heartbreaking to see that, I don't want to say people give up, but, you know, they fold under the pressure of, of what life, you know, hands them. Yeah, it definitely takes a level of strength to keep pushing and a lot of faith, whatever you may believe in, it's fine, but you have faith in some higher power and that's what gets you through. You can't go off of your own strength. It's just not possible. No, it's not possible. My mom was heavily in the church. And she did end up falling off a little bit and it got rocky, but I'm here. I'm picking up the pieces. We're in church. We are continuously growing in our faith as much as we can because there's no other way through than with God and my personal experience. And that's what's getting me through my days where I feel like I just can't do it sometimes. Yeah. But the world doesn't stop. You gotta keep going. Yeah. You can breathe there, but there is no pause. So, and like you said, you know, you still have, you know, three younger siblings. And so you still have to keep going and you have to find a way to take care of yourself in that aspect. And I think that's the hardest thing. And that's the thing that always gets pushed to the side is, you know, finding a place where you're like, okay. I can take a breather now. Like, it doesn't have to be that constant go, go, go. But, you know, I have to take a breather and I have to do something for me too. Yeah. Like, our, when I see you in two weeks, honestly. I know. <laughs> That's that breather we're looking for. I know. Yeah. I'm excited, you know, just 
also allowing them to have the independence and kind of have that realization of, oh, yeah, sis is really she's pulling through for us all the time and she's not here right now. So we got to bunch up as the three and get what we need to done. Like they are the most amazing three humans, little humans I've ever met in my life. They are amazing. I love them so much. Um, But we all need our breaks from each other. It's we're here for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And like, you know, like you said, you know, seeing each other in two weeks, you know, that's a breather in itself. And even though we might have tons of things on our schedules, that's, uh, you know, we can take part in, but just being around, you know, other military kids, other kids mm-hmm. who have a similar background, that's like a huge relief, you know, in itself. It's getting back to that identity that you long for so much because even with you, I'm sure like not being around um, like that military world as often as you probably were as a child, it gets tough. And, you know, this is like this trip is one of those instances where you're able to kind of just live back in that um, in your childhood, like the pure form of what you belonged in before the chaos happened. Yeah. A lot of us, um, when we did the Tampa event, a lot of us NGS kids, that was just the topic of conversation of we were so removed from that lifestyle, that military life after, you know, our situations happened. And that's, you're so right. You end up longing for it. And I remember moving here we're two and a half hours away from McDill. And so just that distance from, you know, home to military life, it was such a struggle. And none of the kids here understand, you know, none of them get it. They're like, oh, your dad is missing a leg. Like, you know, like we feel sorry for you. And it's to the point of, of like, yes, you know, you can feel sympathy, but it's like, we're continuing to move on. You know, we're taking the trials that we went through and just moving on because that's all you have to do. You know, like I said earlier, you have to move on, but it's so hard when you're not around that community who's in a sense used to it. Um, You know, whatever that situation may be to be put in an area where it's, you know, predominantly civilian and they're like, oh, you know, this is a weird lifestyle you're living. Yeah. It's like a, like a crisis in their eyes. Like they look at you like a huge victim and it's, it's not necessarily that you don't want to be victimized your entire life following what's happened. You hold it with honor. It's not some like plead to have attention or sympathy. Right. Your respect is great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but yeah, the civilian life, like I actually, my little brother, he saw a man in uniform yesterday and I didn't even notice that he lived in my neighborhood. And he was like, Oh my gosh, look. And I'm like, that's, that's how sad it is. Like we're not even around it as often as we'd want. Yeah. He's like ecstatic over this one man in uniform. Like, look, look, look to your left. And I'm like, what like is there a plane like what <laughs> and it's a man in uniform he was so excited to see that yeah because that's what he remembers life being like right just that man in uniform it like brings like a sense of security or something to you 
I will say I'm probably older than your younger brother is, but I will, I do get excited every time, you know, because it's so rare, but we do have a reserve unit by us. And so, you know, that off instance where, you know, you see someone in uniform, like you get so excited. Um, And then obviously, like when I do go to base, you know, it's a whole new feeling of, of security, of relief, of like, you know, I'm back in my element of where I once was. Yeah, I get so down in the dumps when I think of like my military, my card expires. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be one of you guys. I'm a civilian. Like that dependent status doesn't last forever, unfortunately. Even though I don't even go on base, it's just knowing that I'm capable of doing so. I just, oh, those commissary days, man. I I miss it. It's a whole different life. It really is. Honestly, the PX is like every time we end up going to McDill, that's where I go clothes shopping at. (laughs) I always, and the clearance racks, like honestly. Um, But yeah, it's such, it's a hard thing to even think about that day coming. Like I've still got, a couple of years but that day coming of this is not gonna be you know it's literally your identity being ripped away mm-hmm. yeah I'm I'm 23 now and I think mine will go to 26 but I'm very unsure of that not too positive so <laughs> we're just I'm just waiting it out you know getting those <laughs> letters from the VA every so often just learning as we go at this point yeah. to learn process right especially because it's just you you know you're the first to learn it all you have to go through it you have to <sighs> learn it all yourself yeah that is tough too in itself just because I don't have anyone to look to to get the information from so while I'm figuring it out I have to bookmark and keep it all in line in perspective for my siblings so they're not lost and alone and confused like being the leader of the house is a bit difficult and I do it with pride but there are some sleepless nights where you're just making sure that every T is crossed and every I is dotted for the next one in line yeah Absolutely. And like, you know, huge props to you because like you have taken on so much, you know, at such a young age, like no other 23 year old would be able to handle the load that you are handling. Thank you. I I literally every time someone asks me how I do it, I'm just like, it's God, I promise. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't have much more to tell you. Um, I finish my undergrad this December and I'm like, what how are you doing this um because my mom she passed away my sophomore year and I was like we're halfway through this we are I don't think we're doing it like I'm we're not finishing it and my mom had promised me before she passed she was like promise me two things you will graduate college and you will make me a grandmother one day and I was like girl I was like mom you gotta stop like those are two big requests I just don't know if I could ever fulfill. And she was like, promise me. So we got the pinkies out, did what had to be done. And now we're crossing off one of those promises, like the big check in the box. And I really don't like, I don't know how I got here other than God. I, that's really the biggest motivator. And 
those prayers to give me strength and peace of mind to going through this. Like he's provided that. That's why we're here. That's why we're at. So, and like you said, your mom's with you every sec, every step of the way and, you know, still holding your hand and guiding you and loving on you and giving you all you need to, you know, push through even those tough days. Yeah. She's, she's very much present. She makes it known. Everybody has her mouth in this house. So (laughs) (laughs) like, okay, we hear you. Gotcha. Love you. (laughs) There's never a dull moment. Oh, never. So much emotion in one household, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. That's for sure. I'm sure. And, you know, I want to ask you one thing and you're probably going to give so much different advice than everyone else I've asked. But what would you say to another military child? I would say to another military child that you really need to find your peace point um, within the chaos of the world. We're all on a roller coaster in life, whether it be a happy moment or a sad moment. You have to make the most out of your roller coaster, the highs and the lows, get through it, find your peace point and maneuver through that the best that you can and always keep your peace the priority. Because if you can't be at peace, the rest of the world that's depending on you, your work, your your family, your education, nothing can continue to thrive if you're not at your peak of peace. So that's my advice to the military child, the family, everybody. (laughs) Yes, I love that. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your incredibly amazing, but I'm sure tough and, you know, challenging, but so rewarding journey. Yeah, of course. I'm honored to be on here. I listen to other podcasts and I'm like, I don't know if I could do this, but we should try it. <laughs> yeah. It is fun and it's really nice to to share stories and hear stories. Yeah, thank you for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening to Grace of a Military Child and Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like, follow, and comment. Also, be sure to check out Instagram and Facebook at Gracewood Military Child and Life for more awesome content. For information on the podcast, Military Child Bigs and Littles, GoAMCL blog, or other resources, visit www.goamcl.org. You can also email me at Gracie, that's G-R-A-C-I-E at G-O-A-M-C-L dot org with any questions or comments. To be a guest on the podcast, you can schedule it at www.goamcl.org forward slash schedule a podcast, all one word, or contact me via social media or email. Stay tuned for the next episode where another incredible story is shared.